Good morning, gentlemen. We've been discussing the great value of Shilamut, of a person viewing life like a business. Just like when you go into business, you want to make the most money. You want to be the most successful. The most important business is life. Shlemut means that a person looks to constantly elevate himself to get to the top. So we've been discussing about how a person's mindset has to look at himself that way and not to be satisfied with average. To feel accomplished with whatever a person does, yes, but not to feel satisfied. To continue to be hungry for more. Today I'd like to just finish off on this, not that we finished all the talk on it, but for now, but I'd like to discuss an aspect of Shlemut that we didn't discuss. Till now we were discussing how a person has to constantly upgrade themselves, upgrade their character, upgrade, uh, upgrade their observance. But today I'd like to talk to you about a different kind of Shlemut that applies every single day of our lives. Shlemut is not only in growth, but Shlemut is also in the actions that a person is involved in. You know, the chapter in Havot Levavot that we're learning is called Sha'ar Yehud Hamma'aseh. It's called the section of Yehud Hamma'aseh. The word Ma'aseh means action. The word Yehud comes from the word Yahad. Yahad means together. When two people come together, it's called Yahad. Question is, how can an action be Yahad? What does that mean? Yehud Hamma'aseh. The actions that are together. Well, I'm one person, and if I do an action, how can I do an action together? I am only one person. If I do with two people, that can be together. What does it mean that a person is able to be meyahed? Again, what does it mean that a person's actions are united? Sha'ar, the chapter, the section of Yehud Amaseh. The answer is, based on the Midrash, I'll share with you, to give you an example, the Midrash or the Gemara says about the sin of the Egel that after Am Yisrael sinned, Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu that he is going to wipe them out. As you know, Moshe Rabbeinu pleaded on our behalf. Hashem promised Moshe that he would become the new father of this great nation. They messed up. It's over. Remember we had spoken about how Am Yisrael developed. Abraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov. The sin of the Egel was so terrible 
that it was a reason to discontinue Am Yisrael and start again from Moshe Rabbeinu. That was what Hashem told Moshe Rabbeinu. I'm going to wipe them out and I'm going to start again from you. And Moshe Rabbeinu did not take that opportunity. That's a great opportunity. He could be the new father of the great nation all by himself. Does that have to share? But of course, the great Moshe Rabbeinu does not take that as a good thing. And he pleads on our behalf. And in fact, he tells Hashem, if you take, if you take them, then you take me. Meaning, if you're not going to continue with this nation, erase me from your book. That's how much Moshe Rabbeinu went to protect our people. So, Pasuk says that Moshe bowed by Yikod Arza and he was on the floor bowing to Hashem. The Gemara says in Masechet Sanhedrin, Mara'an. What did he see? It says, by Maher Moshe. Moshe saw something. He rushed and he went straight down to bow. The Gemara says, what did he see? Says the Gemara, Erech Apaim Ra'a. He saw, he witnessed the patience of Hashem. Erech Apaim Ra'a. Which means, basically he saw that Hashem was going to carry this nation despite their wrongdoing. The Midrash elaborates on this story by giving a mashal. It says over there that there was a king that got very upset with his son. His son did something terrible. And that's it, he had it with him. And he had in front of him, the king had in front of him, a very large stone, a very big rock. And he swore, the father, this king, that he's going to take the rock and he's going to throw it on his son's head. A big rock on somebody's head means Baruch Dayan Ha'emet. Then the king had second thoughts, but he already promised. What would he do? He said, this stone, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send it and throw it on my son's head. He says, if I throw it on him, he's not going to make it. He's going to die. So what did he do? Says the Midrash. He went and he took the rock and he cut it into many, many, many little pieces. And every once in a while, he would throw a piece on his son's head. This way, he saved his son's life. Why do I bring you this Midrash? Because it's a great visual aid to understand what does it mean to be united in an action. A person might say, what's the difference between a rock that's thrown in one piece or a rock that's thrown in a thousand pieces? At the end of the day, the sum total is the entire rock fell on the guy's head. 
does it matter if it falls on his head at once or does it fall on his head in a thousand times? Mathematically, one might have said that it makes no difference. Ultimately, the entire rock landed on his head. But in reality, we know it's not that way. The reality is that when a, the pieces of a rock are united, are yahad, the rock becomes very powerful. When the pieces of the rock are all separated, then the power of the rock, it becomes very, very weak. A human being has many different kohot. He has many different things going on in his mind and in his body. While they're doing one thing, they could be, for example, saying hello to somebody, but at the same time, they're thinking about their business, they're worried about their son, they're thinking about what they're going to tell their wife that before they got into a fight, they're trying to figure out how to make it up. All while you're saying hello to somebody, in your mind you have many, many thoughts that are occupying your mind and your koa and your strength. A person who does something and his powers are dispersed, a person becomes weaker in what they're accomplishing. If a person takes all his energy, energy means his physical energy, his emotional energy, his intellectual energy, all different energies inside of us. If a person takes all of his energy and just totally puts them together, focused on what he's doing, that's called Yehuda Ma'aseh. It's taking all of the parts of the human being and together, totally focused on what they're doing. When a person does that, his actions become so much more powerful. For example, if a person is praying, that's a simple example. If a person is praying, many people will say, I pray, but I don't really connect to tefillah. Even if they understand the words, sometimes people say, I don't really connect to it. One of the main reasons why a person doesn't connect to tefillah is because he's giving it 1% of 100%. But he'll say, what do you mean 1%? I said every word. I sat there for 5 minutes, 7 minutes. 1%. Why 1%? Because your mind is all over the place. You're not focused on your discussion with the creator of the world. person's mind is all over the place. If it's vacation time, he's thinking about vacation. A person while he's in the Amidah, and his mind is a little bit on vacation, the one that he's going on or the one he just came back from or the one that he's on, a little bit in about his business, about his factories in China that are delayed somewhat in their production, a little bit about the shipping that's almost arrived at the, uh, at the port, 
a little bit about his daughter that's getting married, or maybe she didn't find that person yet. A little bit about what happened to him last week when his friend didn't invite him. A little bit about how he's not going to invite his friend next time. So you have a guy during the Amidah, where is he? He's all over the place. His energies are not focused. A human being is capable of tremendous power on one condition. When his energies are together, when he's fully focused on what he's doing. When you fully focus in your Amidah, it's a powerful Amidah. You take everything out of your mind and out of your thoughts and out of your emotions and you're fully focused for those five, seven minutes, ten minutes, whatever it is, on your Amidah. It's a different filat. I will say, but what do you mean? I say the same words. But you're you're dispersed. You're not together. This is not, it's not only this is not only in tefillah. It's in every mitzvah that we do. Are we fully focused on what we're doing? It's called shlemut hamaaset. It's called shlemut perfection, not like we spoke till now. Perfection of upgrading who you are. No, no, perfection in everything you do. That everything you do, do it perfect. Whether it's a mitzvah between you and Hashem or even mitzvot between men and men. There's a very big difference when you say good morning to somebody or Shabbat Shalom to somebody or greet somebody if you're fully focused for that one second. It doesn't take long. It's one second. A one second fully focused Shalom is felt, the power is so strong of that hello, that it's felt by the person who receives it. He feels something different. He may not know what he's feeling, but he feels something more than a hello that has the guy all over the place and not even paying attention to the guy he's talking to. A person who is Shalem, a person who is complete, does things in a complete way. Or better yet, a person who does things in a complete way becomes a person who is shalem. Every single conversation, every single greeting, every single act, a person can become shalem by taking all his energies and focusing on what he's doing. It makes a person very powerful in business as well. A person's involved in something, he should be fully focused. It's a power that a human being has to either be dispersed, his energies are all over the place, so what's coming out, the result, it's coming from a 1%. Or he can give it his all and be able to give all that power into whatever he's doing. It's a whole different result. There's a pasuk in Tehillim that the Midrash comments on. The pasuk says, Yodeya Adonai Yeme Temimim. Hashem knows the days of those who are complete. Ve Nahalatam, Nahalatam means, and their 
compensation, le'olam is going to be an eternal one. Meaning there are things in life, you know, every action has a reaction. Every action in life has a reaction. A person can do things where the reaction will be something that is eternal. When I say eternal, I don't just mean eternal in Olam Abba forever. But even in this world, it's an eternal act. It's an experience of Olam Abba in this world. There are certain actions that you and I can do that we will be able to say, wow, nahalatam, the reaction of this act, the, what came out of my action was le'olam tihir. It's an eternal, an eternal consequence, which means, eternal means never ending. For example, for example, and with, by the way, which actions are those? Which actions are going to get you to Nahalatam le'olam tihir, says the pasuk, yemet temimim. Who is that, says the Midrash? Example, Sarah Imenu. Sarah Imenu, she'ayta temima bema'aseha. Whatever she did, she did it complete. So says the Pasuk, when a person does things in their life, in a complete way, the small things, the large things, if you do everything in your life complete, you will start seeing that your actions are giving you back eternal dividends. Which means, I'll give you an example. You say properly, properly, you greet your wife when you come home. If you do it properly, which means you come into the house and you give it your all for that two seconds, doesn't have to be ten minutes, two seconds, but you give that greeting your all, all your energy goes into that greeting, all your thoughts and emotions go into that greeting, without anything else, you're not putting your coat away, you're not looking at the clock, you're not looking at your phone, you're not thinking about anything else, you take all of your physical, mental, emotional energies, and you say that hello, with everything you have, you're going to feel the consequence, le'olam. You're going to feel eternal benefits from that. So many great things will happen in your marriage because that action that you took was not just, hello, I'm home. It was a focus. It was something that was powerful. Things that are done, bishlemut, actions, that are done bishlemut, the, the consequence is going to be, that's called nahalatam. Nahalat means, what are you going to get out of it? What's going to be your inheritance from your action? Dividend. Your dividends, your payback. Le'olam. Meaning you're never going to imagine how many benefits came from an action that you did with all you think. You think you did something good? You think you're going to get something back? You have no idea how much they're going to pay you back. Le'olam. You're going to see more and more and more and more. It's endless. The amount of power that comes from an act 
that is complete. Same act. Complete act is a powerful act. That's a pasuk in Tehilim. I'll say it again. Yodeya Adonai Yemetemimim. Hashem understands, knows the value of those who live their days and their actions are always complete. It's not the amount of actions that you do. That was to answer your question. It's not how many things you do. Rather, it's how complete are your actions. A person who is looking for shlemut doesn't only look for shlemut in the numbers. Till today, we were still talking about to add. You got to add this. You got to add this. You got to be more complete. You're not doing enough. But a person of shlemut makes sure that every act is qualitatively shlemut. That's what makes great people. A person could be suffering from many areas in life, including relationships and marriage, and doesn't realize that it's coming because his actions are dispersed and he's not getting the payback of all the good things that he's doing because they're not full strength. The human capability is so much more than we imagine. But we have to have complete yehud hamaaset. You have to have your actions together. Together means that all of you is saying that word. All of you is doing that act. All of you is thinking about that question in the Gemara. You have a question on the Gemara, you don't understand it. If your mind is dispersed, it's very hard to able to focus and to get what you're trying to receive. But if you focus all of your thoughts on it, you will be able to find so much power in your brain. You know where this power comes from, by the way? The Pasuk says, Hatsur, referring to Hashem, He's the rock. Hamim Ha'olot. How did Hashem become the rock? The rock tzur means the strength, the power of Hashem. How did Hashem become so powerful, Kav What is it about Hashem that makes what He does so powerful? Hatsur, He is power. Tamim Paolo. Because everything He does, He does it complete, Kav Hashem Kavyachol takes all of his energy into everything he does. When you become Tamim Paolo, you become powerful. You become a tzur. You become this powerful person. There is a well-known Rashi Hazal that talks about angels. We know that by Abraham Avinu, Hashem sent him three angels. And, and Rashi Allah Shalom says, why three? Why couldn't he send them one guest? Why three? So Rashi says, because one of them had to come and heal Abraham. One of them had to come and give him a child, a blessing for a child. And one had to destroy Siddhul. 
That's why three angels, each one had a different job. So they ask. Rashi asks. So send one. And he can do all three jobs. Tell him, you'll heal him. And you'll give him a child. And you'll go afterwards and destroy Sedal. Why do you need three angels to do three jobs? Get one to do three jobs. Says Rashi, Allah, shalom, listen to these powerful words. These are very powerful words. Maybe we didn't realize how powerful they were. She'en malach ehad One angel cannot do two jobs. you imagine that? One angel cannot do two jobs. Because if you really want to do a job of an angel, you have to be fully focused. You can't, while healing Sarah, Abraham, be thinking about your job of giving Sarah a baby or about going to Sedom. A malach gives the exact full power that he has. In order to do that, you can't give him another job. Which means that if we want the power of a malach, we can't take on two things at one time. There's something called multitasking. It explains why a phone could be detrimental to the person's mind, especially a young person. He grows up with that. He's all over the place. Can't focus. So it takes, it takes a lot, there's a lot of uh, consequence in that in the long term. Can't focus on what he's doing. Absolutely correct. Multitasking does not mean that a person is going to do more than one thing at once. That's not really so smart and that's not so good. What is multitasking? The opposite. It's the ability to give your all in what you're doing right now without being distracted of the multi-things that you have to do. It's exactly opposite what people think. People think multitasking means I'm doing 10 things at once. No, no, no. That, that's, not, that's not effective. Multitasking means the opposite. Are you able to block everything that you have to do so you can fully focus on what you're doing and when you finish, you move on to the next one and do the same. That's really what a great multitasker. The ability to block everything so you could focus all that you have on what you're doing. Then you become an effective person. Whatever you're doing, whether you're carrying a box in a warehouse, whether you're going to make sales, whether you're in a conversation, whether you're preparing your merchandise, whether you're learning a Gemara, whether you're saying it fila, whether you're doing a lulav and a truk, whatever it is that you're doing, block out everything else for that moment. You're going to a class right now. You're sitting and listening to a shiur. You could listen to it 2%, 1%, or 100%. 100% would mean that you take everything out of your life for that half hour, 45 minutes, whatever hour. You take everything out of your life, you block it out, and you're fully focusing your mind and energy on what you're learning. You're going to walk out with a whole different class. But, you'll, but it's the same words. It's the same words, but they have very little effect because a person is very weak when he's only applying 1% of his energy. A person to be fully focused, he goes to shiur, try it. You go to a shiur 
and you fully focus on what's being said and your mind is fully calculating what's being said and your mind is understanding what's fully said and maybe even reviewing what's fully said. If you put everything into it, it's a different class. That's called Yehuda Ma'aseh. An angel, because they do everything perfect, they cannot be given another job. They must be given only one job. Because two jobs make the one job not perfect. That is the continuous message of the Torah. We look at Abraham Avinu and look at what he did to the guests that came into his home. The Pasuk consistently points out things that he did about Shlemut, how he was Yahad. For example, Pasuk says, Vayar, he saw them, Vayarot Likratam. The Torah goes out of its way, not only to tell you he went to get them, but how he went to get them. Vayarot, he ran to get them. Why does the Torah have to share with me that detail? Isn't the value of what he did that he, go, he brought the guests? What's the difference? If he ran, he walked, he screamed from where he is, what's the difference? No. Vayarots, Torah says it's important. This is an important detail. Vayarots means his whole body was involved. And he ran, he gave it his all, that it should be complete, that the guest shouldn't feel for a second that maybe he's just calling me out of guilt. Maybe he just wants me to come because he feels a, 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 a duty of religion on him, so he's doing a mitzvah. So they No, Vayarots, he ran after him. Because if you can have a guest in my house, I want him to feel that I really want him in my house. I'm not doing it because my mother told me. I'm not doing it because I have to do it. Maybe I have to do it. Maybe she told me. But that's not why I'm doing it. Vayarot, I'm running. Big difference when you go to get your father or mother something. When you go step by step slowly or you run to get what they asked you to get. The difference isn't the time. The difference is the feeling that comes from a person who is running, rushing to do something. It shows he wants to do it. The Torah highlights this. Vayarots. Look at Abraham Avinu. He's giving it his all. Doesn't stop there. The way he speaks to them. He calls them his masters. He begs them. He makes them feel like they're doing him a favor. He says, if I found favor in your eyes, I really need a guest. I really need I'm so lonely today. I really need someone to spend time with me. Could you please come to me? He's begging them to do him a favor. Please. Don't pass. Don't. This opportunity, I really want to spend time with you. And then look at what he does. He puts them under a tree 
they should have shade. And then, Vaimaher Avraham Ohela, Avraham rushes. They said yes. Oh my goodness, thank you so much. He said yes. He rushes to his wife. And he says, Mahari, Mahari, look at Torah pointing out all these small details. Mahari, hurry. Seim, make pounds of flour. Kemah solid, not just kemah, not just flour. Kemah solid. Torah pointed out. He didn't just say go make bread. Go and get fresh, not just flour, solid. Solid is fine flour. Lushi va'asi ugot. Go ahead, knead it and make the ugot. Do it with all your heart, which means, which means that a person who needs the dough with everything that they have, it's going to taste different. It's a different kind of food. In food is not only the physical attributes of food. There is an element in food that you can't see in the ingredients, but it's there and it's known to every person. Shabbat food is different. Your mother's food is different. Not, not your friend's mother's food. Your mother's food. Everyone in my mother's food, oh, the best. You think that because your mother's food, because in your mother's food, there's an element of ahava for you that nobody else can get. You can never get that at a restaurant. There's something missing. But what could it be? The guy is the top chef in the world. What, what, what's missing? He has the best ingredients in the world. It's fresh. What's the problem? Problem is, there's an element that's missing. There's something else in food besides the ingredients. He tells his wife, go, hurry. Lucy, go, give it your all when you need. And then, he doesn't just go to the cattle. He runs to the cattle. And he goes to take, he goes to choose a young, a young cow. Young calf, excuse me. Rach, he chooses one. He goes to look, goes to feel them. He goes to see one that is Rach. Rach means soft, vatov, tender and good. He's go. Imagine Abraham Avinu running to the to the to the calves to see which one is the best one. Vayiten el hanar. He gave it to the help. Vaymaher laazototo. And they're rushing to make the food for them. And then, who omed alehim after old after he gives them the food. Who omed alehim? He's standing next to them. He didn't just serve them the food. Say, call me when you finish. I'll be in the tent next door. Who omed alehim? He's standing there by yochelu while they're eating. Why does the Torah have to tell us all these details? Isn't the point that I invited someone to my house and I served them food and they ate? Torah, you see from here, says no. The greatness of Abraham Avinu isn't hachnasat orhim. That's a mistake. Anyone who reads this parasha and comes out, we're learning from here the greatness of hachnasat orhim is making a mistake. Is that, is that a reason, Torah? Torah is not teaching you a lesson in serving people who are in need. The Torah's lesson here is a person who's taking everything he has for the mitzvah that he's doing. 
That is the message time and time again in this story. We see that not only here. We see it in how Abraham Avinu, a success by the Akedah. What was so special when Hashem told him to sacrifice his son? That he went to sacrifice his son? Says the Torah, no. What's special is by Yashkem Abraham Baboker. What's special is he woke up early. Which means he didn't say, you know what? If I have to kill my son, so I have to wake up early. So I'll, I'll sleep late today. I'll catch the nine o'clock minyan. But I have to come, I have to come so early today. If you're going to do something, do it perfectly. Which means do it at the earliest time. That's called doing it perfectly. Not only that, when Hashem told him that he should listen to Sarah and get rid of Ishmael, Asuk says, He disagreed with Sarah. He felt that Ishmael's the son, he wanted him to stay. Sarah said, no, you can't stay with my son Yitzhak. Hashem told him, what, what Sarah tells you, you do. Okay. He has to let him go. What should he do? That doesn't feel good about it. Imagine letting your son go. You don't feel good about it. Pasuk says, He woke up early in the morning, which means once he's doing it, maybe he didn't want to do it. But once he's doing it, he's going to do it perfect. This is the greatness of Abraham Avinu. This is the greatness of our imahot. What's the greatness of Rifkai Menu? Not that she helped people. The way she helped them. The way she ran. The way she did more than even what was asked. In fact, one of the details it says, one of the details there, it says, when she told him, please drink, she, she drew him some water for Eliezer, please drink. Vatomer shete adoni. She gave him to drink and then Vatemaher Vatored Kada. Again, Vatemaher means and she rushed. She was doing this quickly. But then it says Vataar Kada el Hashoket. After he drank, Pasuk says, she said, but she went and took the water that he drank, the leftovers, and she put it in the trough the, where the animals eat from. Why does the Torah have to tell us this unimportant, insignificant piece of information? Do I need really to know that after he drank, she took water and she put it there? Why do I care about that? Why is that an important detail? Four words were wasted about her putting the water for the animals. Answer is, this is an example of shlemut amazeh. It's an example of doing things perfectly. Why? Because she had a problem. After Eliezer drank, Halakha says that a person should not offer a drink to somebody from a cup that he drank from. Because maybe the person is a little sensitive to drink from a cup that has in it saliva from your mouth. Imagine, imagine a rabbi takes a drink and, and, then, and then he gives over from the cup 
to his student. Maybe a student is not going to be happy with that. He don't want to do that. So she's stuck. She's thinking, one second, what do I do? I got to give water to all these people to go fill up again and give it to them. Maybe it's not appropriate. They can't drink from this guy's cup. She goes, you know what? Maybe she'll spill it back in the well, right? And then draw again. But the same problem. You go back into the well, who wants that? So what did she do? Oh, to go and throw it out. Baltashheit, wasting water. So what did she do? She went and decided, you know, the best thing to do is to give it to the animals to drink. All that, well, what was all that? All that was to make sure that every act has shlemut. Don't do things for no reason. When you calculate it, she did the right thing. Torah says, Look at this woman. She is thinking about everything she's doing to do it the best way. She could have thrown it out, but it's not the best option. There's a great story of Rebbe Eger, the great Rebbe Eger. He had one time, he had a beautiful, beautiful Pesach meal, his uh, seder, and he invited guests to come. Beautiful table laid out. Guy comes to the table, they're sitting down. And by mistake, he spills the cup of wine. And the wine spills on this beautiful white tablecloth. Vichyvega sees what happened. He starts to shake the table from the bottle with his feet. He shakes it so much that all the cups fall. And the whole thing, he says, I don't know, this table is, I don't know, very shaky table. I don't know what's going on. Think about the action. It's not, not just about, oh, he tried to help the guy. He, he could have done it in other ways. He could have made believe he didn't see. He could have, uh, he could have told the guy, no big deal. That's no big deal. I don't care. Don't worry about it. He could have spilled one cup. But uh, yeah, he went through all those options and realized they're not the best options. Yes, you could have done that. Yes, you could have done that. But if you really want the guy to feel like nothing is wrong, you got to make it like the table is broken. That's the best way, the best way that the guy doesn't feel that is. That's the best way. That's called shlil. All that was done in one second. Shlemuta ma'asit. Great people, they don't just do. Whatever they do, they do it completely. I'll just end off and tell you an example of that. Hazal tell us by the Sara Mashkim when he went to Paro after two years and he reminded you, he was reminded of Yosef. Right? And he told Paro, today I remember my sins. There was a guy with us in jail Sham Itanu Nar Ivri Evet. He was telling Paro about Yosef, that he was a master in interpreting dreams. And of course, you know, we learned this before, that he started describing him as a little kid, as a as an Evid, as a as a slave, as a Ivri, a foreigner. Look at the words Hazal describe the words of Saramashkim. They say, Arurim Hareshaim. The Rishaim are cursed. 
We're not cursing them. They're cursed already. Why are they cursed? What do they do wrong? Because their favor, their good, isn't complete. You see from these words that when a person does something and it's not complete, that's in the area of people who are not in the good camp. People who are tzaddikim, you know what's unique about them? Great people, when they do good, it's complete. Rashaim, when they do good, they do good also, Rashaim. Rashaim also do good. But they're not complete. Great people, their good is complete. According to this, the difference between Rashad and Sadiq isn't if they do good or not. Is how complete their good is. And that's what Naomi told Ruth. When Ruth came back from Boaz, and Boaz told her, listen, I have to see if I can marry you. He has to settle some things. She says, I'll let you know if I'm able to marry you. She came back to Naomi. Naomi said, what happened? She told her. She told her what happened. She told her, Batomer, Shevi Biti. Sit down, my daughter. Ad Asher Tedain. Sit here until you know. Ech Yipol Davar. Means sit down right now and you'll soon know how this is going to end up. Why? Maybe you'll come back in a week. Maybe you'll come back in a month. Sit down. He's coming. I know Boaz. This man will not keep quiet. Means he will not stop. He will not stop until he finishes the matter today. He will get it done now. If he has something to do and you're waiting on him, he's going to make sure to do it now. Wait around. Don't go out. He's coming. How does she know? Because she knows that's the type of man he is. Great people, they do things complete. Meaning, as quickly as possible, as best as possible, as thoughtful as possible, and with all the energy possible. Everything we do in life, if we would give it our all, we would be able to do it on a much higher level. One time, I got home late with my family. After a wedding, and I learned this from somebody some years before, and uh, it was maybe one in the morning, and the neighbor's car, the headlights were left on. So I told, told the kid, I said, the neighbor's lights had left on. By the time he wakes up, he's not going to have a battery. Can't go to work the next day. He said, what, what do you think we should do? He says, I'll knock on the door. I said, but you knock on the door, you wake up the whole house. Is that really what we should be doing? That's the way we're going to help the guy? By waking up him and his whole house? Oh, maybe we should call him. Yeah, but if you call him, then you know, I also wake up the whole house. So oh, should we do that? So one said, you know, Maybe, maybe we should just go into the car and do it. See, but maybe people will look at us that, that we're, we're thieves. So let me call the police. Then we're, 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 but it's also going to get too much noise. But what's the point of that? The point of that is that even when you're doing, in my mind, automatically, 
if I'm helping the guy knock on the door, break his door down. I'm saving you. Right? In our mind, if I'm already going to shut up to to tell you about your headlights and saving you, so then I'm gonna go and do whatever I have to do. If I have to dirty your front, uh, uh, you know, the front of your house, if I have to wake up your whole house, it doesn't matter. I'm helping you. No, 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 no. Even when you're doing something good, you've got to do it complete. There might be a better way to do it. Maybe knocking the guy's window without waking up the house. Maybe there's another way you can help the guy and do it in a perfect way. When you do something, give it your all. In so many ways, you can give something your all. That's also called shlemut. Don't be satisfied with being average. Not just average as a person, but average in what you do. You pray, give it your all. You're working, give it your all. You're learning, give it your all. You say hello to somebody, give it your all. Give a guy a Shabbat Shalom with everything you have. It's a different Shabbat Shalom. You come into your home, give it your all. Everything that we do when we give it our all becomes a different power. It's that rock that comes together so powerful. Shlemut in everything that we do makes us nahalatam le'olam tiyir. That if a person does everything with shlemut, nahalatam le'olam tiyir, which means they will see eternal rewards from their actions that are complete. Have a great day.